Welcome to Beyond Blathers, the podcast where we dive deeper into the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. I'm Olivia de Bercier. And I'm Sophia Osborne. And if you want to support the show, please check out our merch store at etsy.com slash shop slash beyondblathers to see the stickers and sticker sheets we have for sale. You can also join our Patreon to receive a monthly sticker and print in the mail from Olivia. So this week, Sophia is going to be talking about grizzly bears. Yeah, and actually, I guess speaking of the Patreon, a few months ago, you did a really cute grizzly bear illustration. Yeah, that was so fun. <laughs> I know, I was so like inspired by it. And it was so cute. And I meant to do grizzly bears like way back then and I didn't. But it's been really cold and snowy here in Vancouver. There's still snow on the ground, although it's been raining. So now it's just kind of a horrible slush. And there are just these oh, huge slush puddles everywhere that it's honestly like the grossest walking conditions I have ever experienced here. <laughs> yeah, that's not great. But it does have me in a wintry, hibernating sort of mood. So I thought that bears would be a fun topic to cover this week. Now, I know you can't catch bears in the game, which is good. I am not into the idea of Animal Crossing having trophy hunting on the islands. But there are bear villagers. And I personally have Grizzly on my island, and he's one of my favorites. So I thought I'd focus in on grizzly bears, and also just because that's what we have here in BC. But we'll also talk about brown bears and bears overall more generally. Yeah, I mean, I just, I love bears so much. And yeah, I get that hibernating mood. Like it's been minus 40 degrees Celsius recently in Edmonton and it's cold. And I would love to just like snuggle up to like a really fuzzy bear. In theory, of course, (laughs) not in practice, but (laughs) it seems appealing. Yeah, I was going to ask, have you seen a grizzly bear? Yeah, I've seen quite a few in my life. Like, yeah, we've seen them like driving. I remember once we saw one like up a hill on the side of the road eating berries and these like this biker like biked up behind us and we had to be like, hey, just a heads up. There's like a grizzly up on that hill like possibly the worst place it could be because it can get like quite a quite a running start and the guy on the bike was like oh sweet thanks for letting me know (laughs) he like goes up to look at him we're like um that's really not what we were going for um but I've also like it's funny because my whole time up north I never saw any grizzlies but we definitely saw like grizzly paw prints on the ground and like on fresh snow where we had just like shown up so clearly it had been there recently and yeah so they're really beautiful and I guess the most recent time I was driving near the Rockies and we had actually just seen some caribou on the side of the road and a little ways down the road we saw some juvenile black bears so like not quite fully adult but a couple young ones near the road. Yeah I've seen a lot of black bears but I don't think I've ever seen a grizzly I, yeah. yeah, that's interesting because you've been in BC so much. Yeah, I guess I just don't do a lot of sort of backcountry-ish kind of things. But I was even like I was in Banff this summer at the Banff Center and like there was a lot of, you know, bear safety talks and everything, but I never actually saw one, which is good. Like I didn't really want to see one, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I've, I have seen a lot of black bears and like been pretty close to them because my mom's house sort of there's a forest that runs up behind it and I've seen them in there or like one time I think I've said this on the podcast before but one time like a black bear mother and cubs lived in our yard for a while 
Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was really cool. But I guess I just, I don't find black bears scary, but obviously grizzly bears are a little bit more dangerous. I'm not going to talk about that a lot in this episode, actually. Like, <laughs> I had this weird realization when I was doing some sort of market research around nature podcasts in Canada that, like, a lot of the top, like, 10, 20 nature podcasts in Canada are, like, animal attack podcasts. Oh, it's really weird. Huh. Like, if you go look at the charts, Nature Canada charts, it's like, yeah, it's like animal attack podcasts, like bear attack podcasts, things like that. And I don't know. I don't want to like make the focus of this episode be about scary people about bears or even really like talking about bear safety. I mean, definitely look that up if you're going to be like hiking in the Rockies or something that's important. But I wanted to more just focus on grizzly bear like science and conservation rather than the sort of sensationalizing of them that happens. Yeah, I like that because, yeah, I'm very much, you know, I encourage people that if you're going to be in a place with bears, definitely check on the local websites, how to properly behave around bears and take that advice. But, you know, I, I think there's just so many amazing things to talk about when it comes to bears. Like they're really extraordinary animals and deeply misunderstood with the general public. So I'm excited to just talk about what makes them amazing creatures. Yeah, for sure. So to get into it, first I wanted to talk about taxonomy because I guess I always thought that grizzly bear was a species of bear, but that is not the case. It's actually brown bear that's the species or Ursus arctis. And grizzly bear is just the common name for the subspecies of brown bear that we have here in North America. And I do think it's really funny that brown bear is a species like that just sounds really fake. I don't know. <laughs> it's like when I think of brown bear, I think of like, what was that cartoon with the, the brown like bear? brown bear, brown bear book, like the Eric Carlton book? Yeah. That's his name. And then wasn't there yeah. like a, isn't there like a brown bear like cartoon? Or something from mm, when we were kids like with, like little bear yeah little bear yeah it makes me think of that. yeah brown bear is just very like childlike description <laughs> exactly okay but like i have a question then because you said that grizzly bear is the common name for the subspecies of brown bear we have in north america does that mean that you can find and maybe you'll get into this later but like does that mean that you can find brown bears in other places other than north america yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Uh, you can kind of find them all over. They were once native to North America, Europe, Asia, and Northern Africa. Wow. Yeah. What? Oh, wow. That's wild. I know. And they've unfortunately been driven to local extinction or extirpated from some of their native range. And a lot of their populations have been greatly decreased. But the largest population of brown bears is in Russia actually, more huh. so than North America. And then in Europe, they range from Spain to Sweden, Finland, Romania, Bulgaria, Slovakia, Slovenia, and Greece. And then you can also find them in other parts of Asia besides Russia, parts of the Middle East, China, North Korea, and India, and also on the Japanese island of Hokkaido, which holds the largest number of non-Russian brown bears in Eastern Asia. Wow. I I feel like I just have had some sort of blind lifted from me. Like, I guess I'm just so biased as a Canadian. We've got this like, just like grizzlies are such a 
like a mascot that I just sort of assumed that this was very unique to North America that we had these bears. I guess I, I must have known that they were in Russia at least because that like I feel like they're sort of used as a mascot almost in a similar way in Russia. But I had no idea that their range was quite that large. Yeah, and they don't all like look exactly the same or anything, but they are all the same species. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of brown bear subspecies, although there isn't actually really a consensus on the subspecies or how many subspecies there are. But as many as 90 different subspecies of brown bear have been proposed, which is wow. pretty wild. Recent genetic analysis suggests that there are around five to nine different clades of brown bear that all the extant or living brown bears can be slotted into. So it's still a bit like up in the air. But yeah, there's a lot of different types of brown bear and they can be found in quite a lot of different places. Neat. It, yeah, another thing that kind of blew my mind is that there aren't actually that many species of bear. Like, I guess I just thought that there were going to be all these different species, like all of those subspecies would all be their own species. But there aren't. There are only eight species of bear in the world. There's the brown bear, of course, but there's also the panda bear, spectacled bear, sloth bear, sun bear. There's an Asian black bear and then the American black bear. And of course, the polar bear. Yeah, It is a very small group of animals. Yeah, and the polar bear's relationship with brown bears is interesting too because there's really a question around when they actually diverged from brown bears. The most recent analysis says it could have been as recently as 175,000 years ago. Huh. Which is really not long. Yeah, in terms of evolution. Some scientists think that polar bears can be considered paraspecies of brown bears. So that's like a species that evolves from another species, but that original species is still living. Yeah, I see. The other thing is that it's also possible to have a hybrid polar bear brown bear, also known as a pizzly bear or a growler bear. (laughs) Um, At first, they thought this was just something that they could do in captivity, like they had successfully bred them together in captivity. But then they also found them in the wild in the Canadian Arctic, where they found eight pizzly bears, and they were all from the same mother. Yeah, I've heard about this, uh, especially, yeah, in, like, the the northern forests and such. Yeah, that's, that's quite cool. Yeah, I guess this one female polar bear was just like, I, I love a grizzly bear man. That was her type. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting. She's not like other girls. But so we talked a bit about where brown bears can be found in the world. But in terms of habitat, they also have a quite a broad range and just really aren't very picky. They can be found anywhere from sea level all the way up to 5,000 meters or 16,000 feet. They do seem to prefer semi-open land with some vegetation, but they've actually been known to inhabit every type of northern temperate forest you can find. Okay, so really, there could be a grizzly bear anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there could be a brown bear anywhere. Sorry, yes. Gosh, I'm so used to saying grizzly bear. (laughs) Yeah, but also I think grizzly bears, because I mean, we have grizzly bears on the coast here who are like eating salmon out of the ocean. And then we also have Mm -hmm. them, you know, up in the Rockies. They're very generalist in some ways. Like they're just, I guess, very good at 
very flexible maybe is the word I should use like they can they can find a, a way of living in in so many different places yeah I think that is like a misconception about them too like people also think that they're just like these wild like carnivores who will only eat meat or something but they're actually very omnivorous which we'll talk about and they can yeah they can they can live in a lot of different places in terms of grizzly bears specifically the majority of them live in alaska but they're of course also found here in canada as well as the u.s states of washington idaho montana and wyoming and they used to have a larger range as well which we will get into when we talk about conservation and for the ones that lived that live in alaska because those are the Kodiak bears, right? Is that what you would call them in Alaska? So they're so they have grizzly bears in Alaska. Like they do have actual grizzly bears that are like that subspecies, but then they also have a different subspecies of brown bear, and that's the Kodiak bear. Got it. So that's also a brown bear, but it's not a grizzly bear, and those are found on the Kodiak Islands of Alaska. Okay, I'm gonna make it a habit of stop saying grizzly bear. <laughs> And I will say brown bear and I'm going to get that in my brain. <laughs> but it's also interesting because some, you know, some taxonomists argue that there are a bunch of different like subspecies of grizzly bear too, like for different regions like California grizzly bear, things like that, or like prairie grizzly bear. But then others say that it's just one large population that's just fragmented. I see. The other interesting thing is that individual grizzly bears have huge home ranges. So they can cover up to 500 square kilometers or 200 square miles for females and up to 2,000 square kilometers or almost 800 square miles for males. Wow. Like that is kind of unfathomably huge that one bear could cover that much territory. Yeah, walking that far is unbelievable. Yeah, and again, I think the stereotype is that grizzly bears are super territorial, but their ranges can actually overlap with other bears' territories. They're not, you know, social animals, like they're solitary except for mothers and cubs, but they will, like, they will rub up against trees to, like, leave markings for each other and everything, and they do sort of, they do overlap in their ranges. Yeah, like, I I have this app called Animal Tracker. It's, like, it's an app that has these... Like, it'll sort of publish data for where tagged animals are. And I was looking at it for bears, and it was kind of cool to see just how many bears. And I can't remember exactly if this was for brown bears or black bears or both. But I remember seeing how close some of these tags were. And how I thought that was kind of cool. Definitely. So how big exactly do grizzly bears get? And then brown bears. <laughs> yeah, so for grizzly bears, they can be really big. When they're standing on all fours, they're typically three to five feet or one to one and a half meters tall at the shoulder. But if they're standing on their hind legs, they can reach almost nine feet or over two and a half meters tall. They do display quite a bit of sexual dimorphism in terms of size. Males are a lot heavier than females. They can weigh up to 860 pounds or 390 kilograms, while females weigh up to 455 pounds or 205 kilograms. Wow, so almost double the weight there. Yeah, double the weight, like also kind of more than double, like quadruple the territory. Yeah, holy smokes. Grizzly bears also vary quite a bit in terms of their coat color. So even though they're a brown bear, they can be anywhere from blonde to black. 
They're apparently named for their grizzled hair, which can be streaked with gray or silver. But also some people think that they're maybe just called grizzly bears because they're like grizzly, like horrific, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard the grizzled hair thing. Like they just look so ruffled compared to black bears, which have a very like shiny appearance. Yeah, totally. They They look a little bit like... I guess they look a little bit more wild and black bears look a little bit more like sophisticated. Like a Labrador retriever (laughs) or something. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, because they can be black, it's not always simple to distinguish grizzly bears from American black bears. Black bears are usually smaller, but not always. And if you do want to try to tell them apart, brown bears have a shoulder hump that is higher than their butt. So they're kind of they're angled in that way <laughs> whereas yeah black bears don't have a hump so their their backside is higher than their shoulders so you can kind of tell by the slant um also apparently if you're looking at tracks grizzly bears have like longer straighter claws so they're more likely to leave like claw marks in their tracks than black bears are apparently yeah i've i've definitely seen this when i've looked at tracks like you can usually really see those claws because I mean grizzly bear claws are so long whereas black bears have have really short claws and I mean that's part of the reason black bears can climb trees and brown bears can't but yeah they they look quite different and I guess the other confusing is thing is that brown bears can or sorry black bears can also be brown so you just have this like overlap in colors yeah totally and I don't know like it's it's hard to tell and kind of if you're in the moment with them, I imagine it would be just like, oh, my God, a bear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're like, hmm, let me look at the length of the claws and <laughs> the shape of the ears. Yeah. Yeah. When I've seen black bears like in my neighborhood, they've always been really small, like probably females, mm-hmm. I imagine, and just like a lot smaller than I would have imagined a bear being. Yeah, I've had a similar experience. I've, I don't. I don't think I've ever seen a black bear where I've gotten, oh, whoa, that, hmm, that's quite big. Uh, and I've always had that experience with with grizzly bears. Yeah, totally. So what do grizzly bears eat? Yeah, so like I said, they're very much omnivores. They can eat fruit, leaves, nuts. But then, of course, they can eat animals as small as insects or as large as moose or bison. During the summer, they eat as much as they can to build up fat reserves for hibernation in the winter. And to hibernate, they're actually very good diggers. So they'll either dig a den or they will find one in tree hollows or caves. And during hibernation, they won't go to the bathroom. Their heart rates will actually drop from 70 beats per minute to just 10 beats per minute. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty wild. And the length of time they hibernate depends on how long winter is where they live but they can stay in their dens hibernating for up to seven months yeah that's pretty amazing like they just like that an animal that big can can survive that yeah and it's actually interesting because mating season for them is in the summer between may and july but the implantation of the egg in the uterus is delayed until the winter when the female is hibernating and i actually read also that If the female isn't able to like eat enough and build up enough fat reserves, the egg will just be reabsorbed and not implanted, which is a really cool adaptation. That's really neat. That reminds me of like the first seal episode we did. Yeah, exactly. 
that's actually yeah something that I read about because delayed implantation is actually characteristic of all bear species, but is also common in seals as well. Yeah, talking about hibernation, one of my favorite things to like keep track of is when like Katmai National Park has their like Fat Bear Week thing yes. on social media <laughs> where they just have photos of like these bears that are preparing to go into hibernation and it's remarkable how large these bears can get and it it really is just like such a cool ecological phenomenon I think like they they just look like these beautiful just enormous animals yeah absolutely huge and just the amount that they have to eat beforehand and obviously that does make them really vulnerable we're gonna talk about conservation but like you know getting that food at that time is really important for them and that can also cause a lot of conflicts with humans as well like that's kind of a big I guess stressor when it comes to that kind of thing makes sense it's also really interesting. There's something I didn't know was that the mothers will give birth during the hibernation. So as I said, the implantation of the egg is delayed and until winter when the females are hibernating. And after six to eight weeks, the mother will give birth to one to four cubs in their hibernation den. And so this allows them to nurse their young safely in the comfort of the den until they're big enough to venture outside and look for food. And the cubs will stay with their mother for around two or three years, sometimes even more if it's like a place that doesn't have a lot of food or something. It's kind of variable, but uh, bear cubs are so cute. (laughs) They really are like, oh, their faces, with their little pink noses. And oh, I, I mean, there's very few animals that are more adorable when they're young yeah there's a reason it's teddy bears for sure (laughs) yeah (laughs) truly like they just have the most perfectly round heads oh so sweet and yeah it's interesting like they they put in so much effort for their young like more than most animals do yeah and they have a long they, it takes them a long time to mature. Like they don't become sexually mature until they're around five and they can have as few as only just one cub. So this is something that makes them a lot more vulnerable when we're talking about conservation. Yeah. And so could you talk a little bit about grizzly bear conservation? Yeah. So I think this is actually an interesting follow up to the soft shell turtle episode we did last episode because the species of brown bear has a similar thing going on as a soft-shelled turtle, which is that because the IUCN looks at the species around the world, brown bears are listed as least concern. But if we zoom into grizzly bears specifically, they are not, they're definitely not least concern. They are, they are not doing great. They're considered threatened in the United States and a species of special concern here in Canada. This might be kind of a hot take, but I... I don't really know why the IUCN even gives a conservation listing for an animal worldwide. Like practically when it comes to actual like conservation management, it doesn't really make sense, in my opinion, to like look at a population that's that like widely dispersed and facing so many different issues. And like, anyway, I just I think it's kind of strange. I get it. Like I get the sort of like 
uses when you're able to say, well, it's globally endangered or something. But I think in this case, it, it sometimes gives like a misleading view of what's happening. Yeah. Like, like, would it really be okay if there were like still, you know, 30,000 brown bears in Alaska, but there were none anywhere else in the world? Like, would that still be like, oh, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> they're not. <laughs> they're, they're good. They're at least they're concerned. fine. <laughs> yeah. It really gets into the whole like purpose of like what is yeah what is the purpose of assigning these conservation terms but anyway let's let's get into like what is affecting them I guess I'm, I'm so curious yeah so according to U.S. Fish and Wildlife prior to 1800 there were an estimated 50,000 grizzly bears in the western U.S. and that was in a lot more states than the ones I listed earlier like not not just those few states but also like California Mexico even, like central and southwestern U.S., like they were not just kind of around the Rockies. Hmm. But, and this is a, this is quite a long quote, but I thought it was important to include. So, quote, with the arrival of Europeans to North America, grizzly bears were seen as a threat to livestock and human safety and therefore an impediment to westward expansion and settlement. In the 1800s, in concert with European settlement of the American West and government-funded bounty programs which aimed at eradication, grizzly bears were shot, poisoned, and trapped wherever they were found. The resulting declines in range and population were dramatic, with rapid extinction of populations from most of Mexico and from the central and southwestern United States and California. Grizzly bears were reduced to close to 2% of their former range in the 48 contiguous states by the 1930s, with a corresponding decrease in population approximately 125 years after first contact with European settlers. In the early 20th century, new regulations were designed to stop future extirpations. In some areas, the protections came too late. By 1975, grizzly bear populations in the 48 contiguous states had been reduced to between 700 to 800 individuals. Although significant numbers remained in Alaska and northern Canada, individuals were restricted largely to the confines of national parks and wilderness areas in Washington, Idaho, Montana, and Wyoming. Wow. Yeah. So it's a very targeted thing. Yeah, 2% of their former range, that's unbelievable and yeah that that decrease from an estimated 50,000 to 700 or 800 that's a pretty remarkable decline yeah and I think it's important to note how closely tied it was to colonization like Mm -hmm. like colonizers saw it as necessary to wipe them out to be able to expand westward and yeah like the fact that they're I mean, now there are a few more (laughs) grizzly bears in the 48 contiguous states. Yeah, so now U.S. Fish and Wildlife says there are at least 1,923 individuals in the 48 contiguous states. So it's still not a lot. It's not a lot. Yeah. No. Wow. But I guess if you've got a really small population, possibly only having one cub maybe a couple cubs that kind of makes sense that you wouldn't see a super quick population recovery yeah and they are threatened now like listed as threatened now in the lower 48 states so it is illegal to hunt them in most of the u.s now basically all the u.s except alaska 
Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about Canada too. So here in Canada, the prairie population of grizzly bears that was in Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and I guess the like eastern parts of Alberta were extirpated due to human intolerance, market hunting, and rapid conversion of habitat to agricultural fields, as well as a loss of buffalo, which were one of their key prey. Yeah. It's estimated now that there are around 20,000 grizzly bears remaining in western Alberta, the Yukon, Northwest Territories, and British Columbia. So around 20,000 grizzly bears left in Canada. And as I said, they are listed as a species of special concern. So that doesn't actually really give them any protection. No. <laughs> it's just like, oh, they're like, we're, we're looking at them and it's like, yeah, okay. I mean- Let's not overest like the the I think Canada actually has extremely poor protections. Our endangered species protections are are are, are not well enforced and not very good in the first place. So being special concern is just like extra unhelpful. Yeah, it's a really weird thing. And it was only in 2017 that the provincial government here in British Columbia banned trophy hunting for grizzly bears with the exception of hunting by first nations for food social and ceremonial purposes Mm -hmm. but yeah like that was a long time where you know companies would have hunting tenures which still exist in the great bear rainforest which is like an absolutely amazing area and they would just take people up there i mean there was kind of a cap on how many they could hunt and they were supposed to not hunt um, you know, females and everything. But like, if you talk to people who work in grizzly bear conservation here in BC, they're like, no, they they were taking whatever. Um, yeah. And, you know, it was really, really bad. Um, they are still legally hunted in the Northwest Territories and Yukon and in Alaska. I did want to shout out if you're interested in grizzly bear conservation here in bc i definitely recommend checking out raincoast conservation foundation they do a lot of work with buying up hunting tenures in the great bear rainforest and maybe people are like why is that important if now it's illegal to hunt them here well that's just legislation that could be you know easily overturned if we get a different government in the future Mm -hmm. who decides to bring back hunting so Raincoast has figured out that the best way to protect them forever is to buy up those hunting tenures so that they own them and people can't hunt in those places anymore. And the other important thing is that there are a lot of other animals in the Great Bear Rainforest who are also being hunted under those hunting tenures who still aren't protected. So that's like sea wolves which are amazing. Yeah, and people are hunting those. So these hunting tenures with Raincoast owning them means that it protects all the animals there. And it also brings a lot of eco tourism that's focused around like bear watching and things like that rather than hunting. So yeah, I mean, I could talk about that forever, but definitely check check out Raincoast if you're interested, and I'm sure there are a lot of organizations working in other areas as well and i did also want to say it's not just hunting that threatens grizzly bears they're also really affected by habitat fragmentation and loss and of course by climate change as well so 
you know, that's just part of the puzzle of their conservation. And I know people are scared of grizzly bears. And it's, as we said at the beginning of the episode, like it's definitely something you need to consider if you're hiking around areas that have grizzly bears because they are certainly not harmless. But they are really beautiful. They're iconic. It's just really hard to see what we've done to them because of this like fear and sort of hatred and also this dominion that we feel over the natural world whether that's like endless expansion or whether that's wanting to hunt the largest animals we can and put their heads up on our wall for whatever reason so yeah I just will never understand why we do that but yeah I think wherever you are I definitely recommend checking out local organizations that are working on brown bear conservation yeah I do want to be really clear too like we don't condemn indigenous no, hunting yeah. rights or anything like that we're specifically talking about sport hunting more commercialized hunting that sort of thing yeah it's like that's the wild thing about the great bear rainforest is like it's people flying in from like all over the world like the wealthiest people you can imagine mm-hmm. just coming here to hunt bears yeah yeah it's quite unfortunate because yeah they, they are such a big part of the culture and and like yeah they're they're remarkable animals like it's it's and I think there's a lot to be said too for like the metaphor of like they're kind of the only thing out there that we know can like hurt us as much as we're hurting the environment I suppose too there's I don't know I'm sure there's been a thousand analyses done on like this weird like power dynamic almost that's happening and yeah the desire to like have dominion over over nature I did want to end this episode with talking about a very famous bear here in Canada. That's bear number 122, otherwise known as the boss. And yeah, this is a grizzly bear who is just known for his size. Um, He also has distinctive ears and is just regarded as the most dominant grizzly bear found around Banff National Park in Alberta. He weighs in between 650 and 700 pounds, so that's like over 300 kilograms. And he is considered to have a home range of more than 2,500 square kilometers. Wow. He's eaten a black bear. He was struck by a train (laughs) and survived. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about that. Yeah. Any animal that gets struck by a train and survives, like, that's like a a super-powered animal. That animal, like, found toxic waste and became the Hulk. Literally. And, like... DNA shows that the boss has really sired most of the cubs in the Banff population. (laughs) So he's just getting around. He's estimated to be over 20 years old. Yeah, I've never seen the boss, but I've had friends who have. Yeah, that's like the upper limit. Like usually male grizzly bears live between 20 to 25 years. But I also feel like like the boss might just live forever. Maybe. I hope so. Long live the boss. I remember when I was there, um, we were, we did like a horse tour thing and they were telling us about the boss like as we were as we were riding around. Like he's just very famous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's really cool. I remember this is kind of random, but I was just thinking of like very large grizzlies. And when I was in like Kluwani National Park in the Yukon they had us watch this bear safety video and unfortunately I think they've like 
updated it now. So it's not the like official, like long form bear safety video. This thing was like maybe 45 minutes long. It was a long video. And it was, I think it was made maybe in like the early 90s. And it was super informative because it would sort of show every kind of scenario and encounter you'd have with a bear. Like if you surprised the bear, if it like bluff charged you, which is when it like pretends to run at you to see if you'll run away and therefore are prey or like you're going to stand your ground and like it'll just sort of back off. It would also show like if it if you were in a tree and it like was trying to get you. <laughs> oh, my God. But the crazy thing is. They were using, like, there were real bears in this video, and it was, like, actors and real bears, and I'm not talking trained bears. They would just, like, go outside and, like, film these bear encounters. It was the wildest thing I've ever seen, but, like, professional grade. So I don't know. I should try and find that video because it was actually really interesting. The only thing is I think that some of the strategies used might be updated now which is why they're not showing it so it's not necessarily like maybe the most up-to-date advice on how to be safe around bears but it was extremely interesting so it was yeah it was a parks canada video and i will never forget that because it it was fascinating to watch but yeah ultimately you know respect bears give them their space you can watch them from a car but do not approach and just say hi bear yeah i'm gonna (laughs) not not go towards you definitely Well, thanks so much, Sophia. That was really interesting. I love it when we get to talk about, you know, mammals or something a little different than usual. And thanks, everyone, for listening. If you want to support the show, you can join our Patreon to get exclusive rewards. And you can check out our Etsy shop to see the stickers and postcards we have for sale. You can also follow us on Instagram and TikTok. Tune in next time to learn more about the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. Bye. 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 Thank you.